Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet that has the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. On the normal show, we're doing 1985, and so we thought it would be a good idea to check in with the horror of 1985, as it was a banner year in horror, as you will see tonight. My name is Ryan, and I will be your host. I will be guiding you through this journey, talking about the film, if I can use that word, Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning. Tonight, uh, I will have two guests on, and they will be in competition to see who is the best at discussing the movie Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning. And later on in this intro, at a more organic spot, I will say that when I like something that they say, uh, you will hear their name in the background, because that's me giving them a point. But I wanted to say it right now, just in case I forgot. Your uh, main guest, the, the person who is with me every week... Is Tompkins? Tompkins, you're here, and uh, let me ask you this: Is this our last show of this <laughs> spinoff season? Are we gonna fucking quit? <laughs> I, yeah, this was tough. We came out really strong. I mean, Day of the Dead, I think, is a solid horror movie. It has not been kind to us since then. Yeah, and, it's diminishing returns here. Yeah, it does turn out that even in a banner year for horror. <laughs> There are not going to be eight hits. Uh, we still have Reanimator left. We still have um, some classic movies, let's say. Uh, but fuck, <laughs> Christina, Christina, you're the guest here. You're, you're here to beat Tompkins, and I can almost guarantee you will. Um, did you watch Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning? I did. I watched every second of it. And are you mad at us? <laughs> You know, you exposed me to a bit of culture that I can guarantee I would have overlooked otherwise because uh, nobody talks about this film. There isn't that much information available when you uh, when you Google it. So, <laughs> so you know, it, you guys were my guides and a little known bit of history here. I, yeah, I guess I'll be the first to say, um, as the host of this, that uh, this is the first Friday the 13th movie I have ever seen. Um, I probably should have watched the first four. I probably would have gotten so much more out of this, but I dove in with number five because it's from 85. Well, and you figure, you know, by the fifth time, they've perfected it. Yes, and also in the title, it's a new beginning. Yeah. So why would I... Which is redundant, of course, but why would I need to start with the other ones if right here is the perfect jumping on point right <laughs> yeah it's like when when comic books will have those sort of like catch you up issues you know why why I read also, all 75 no. i you've I never seen, seen the first one i have not seen um two three or four i will say also i read the wikipedia um plot summaries for all uh 12 jason movies <laughs> and it's very unfortunate. I mean, we we really skipped out or, or missed out by like one exactly because six is when they start doing like a little bit more of like a Fast and Furious thing and being like, yeah, if, I guess we're we still have to make these. Why not? Like, go for it. Well, that makes sense because this was hated, right? Like, this was a fucking hated movie. Although when I I looked it up on Metacritic and I just looked at all every like number for the series. 
There has never, literally never been a good one in the history of the franchise. I've never seen a franchise where they just keep saying, more, just, we just need more, even though they're all terrible. If you look at how much it costs to make each one, it makes perfect sense. 2.2 million. That's one of the details I squirreled away. (laughs) Which is a tremendous profit. Like, the movie ended up with $40 million in the box office, or $30 million, I think. Um with an eight million dollar opening weekend, which is crazy, <laughs> yeah. and that's with that's with like three dollar and fifty cent movie tickets. Yeah, this movie made eight million dollars in theaters. People went to go see this, and that's so I get it. I get why they make it, but then also, where did that two point two million dollars go when making this movie? <laughs> well, the only Straight other detail I could find, yeah, was a lot of hard drugs. <laughs> yeah, the only other detail. <laughs> I like how Google's just like, I don't look, man, I don't know <laughs> what you want from me. No one has seen this movie. Here. Here, they took drugs, okay? Is that good enough for you? Cool Did way. I Google enough for you? Um, I will uh, also no one making these movies wanted to be making them. And so when you look through the names of like the 12 franchise entries, every like third movie is called like Jason, the last one. Friday the 13th, we are not doing this anymore. And then the next one is called, like, actually, he's back. Haha, <laughs> 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 just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, they, like, straight up until, like, 2003, you can make an easy $20 million profit by taking a random script, which I'm sure is what happened for a bunch of these, a random slasher script, and saying, change the guy's name to Jason, and you're good to go <laughs> It seems like everything from filmmaking to Wall Street in the 80s was just like, get a little bit of money, put a lot of shit in your nose, and make tons of money. And it's just that easy. Yeah, this was Friday the 13th Part 5. It came out in 1985. Friday the 13th Part 1 came out in 1980. So they were churning out one of these a year. Yeah, it's a TV show. It's a theatrically released TV show. Um, uh, this is not something I, I should ask you to as a host, but uh, do you even think that we can do this show? Like, is there any way that we can talk about this movie for the next like 60 to 90 minutes? Well, is there uh, just as a point of clarification about the title of this podcast, are we supposed to be discussing this as though it's in the running for movie of the year for for the horror bracket? So I don't think that this can compete with Brazil, uh, the other for with Brazil and Come and See and uh, Akira Kurosawa's Ron and Back to the Future, Um, but maybe it has a chance to win the horror bracket, which is also bullshit. This is movie three, and we know that there's no fucking way. Why? What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? (laughs) This movie barely makes the Friday the Thirteenth, nineteen eighty five (laughs) final. Yeah, I'd still pick Brazil. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, like I said before, you guys uh, from this point on are in competition. Uh, I will be judging the shit out of you for the rest of the night. Uh, every time that you hear your name from Drop Pad, Drop. yes, I got you, bud. I know who you are. No, no, I do, I do. Drop. That is your name. Then you will be getting a point like this. Ryan, I just got a point, and I'm now ahead of both of you. When we come back. Discussing the movie. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Weekend Friday, Friday. Get in town on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Weekend Friday. 
Unsure of what to do after 1984's Friday the 13th installment, titled The Final Chapter, the studio behind the series had no choice but to wait nine months to make the next one, this time without its star character Jason Voorhees. Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning, I'm, so, I'm already so fucking tired of saying those <laughs> words. Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning, opened to an $8 million opening weekend, but then tanked after people realized it was one of the worst movies ever made. The movie was a disaster from the start, as director Danny Steinman, who was formerly a porn director, ran the shoot like it was an outdoor 80s porn movie, complete with rampant, hardcore drug use. The story, as it were, follows a copycat killer who is tormenting a halfway house for disturbed children, including the 45-year-old child Tommy Jarvis, played by John Shepard, taking the role from a young Corey Feldman, who played the part in Friday the 13th Part 4. He also has a cameo in the opening scene of this film, which he shot in his neighbor's backyard on a Goonies day off. Taste buds, I ask you this. <laughs> Goonies Day Off is such a delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Goonies Day Off out there. This this movie is famous for not featuring Jason Voorhees, but instead a copycat killer whose identity is something of a mystery throughout the movie. Does this movie work as a who done it? No. No. <laughs> because Tompkins. Christina. <laughs> this movie does not work as anything. <laughs> But it it I, I will say I so I I think the kind thing that you can say about this movie is it might not matter that it doesn't work as a whodunit, um, because I don't think that people are coming to this because they want the mystery part of Friday the Thirteenth. Like that's one of the original parts of uh, the first one, you know, is that there's a twist about who the actual killer is. And this is obviously trying to replicate that. I think that they did that for whatever reason. It seems like obligation. But I don't think that the fact that it absolutely doesn't work is what tanks this movie. Because I don't think it's what people go to a Friday the 13th franchise installment for. I would also like the record to show that I didn't know that we didn't know who done it until the end when they reveal that it wasn't who we expected. So I, I mean, yeah, that's watching it, Christina. trying to piece it together. I was watching it thinking, okay, we're going to find out that Jason never died and that there's this other guy at the halfway house who's also a murderer and possibly then also a third murderer thrown into the mix. That's, I mean, that's, that's, it's a great way to like sort of uh, put a spotlight on how inept this movie was. Is that at the end, you're like, oh, and then also, like, if you read the description on Wikipedia, you're like, oh, this is supposed to be a, oh, any one of these people could be the Jason copycat. And I had no idea the whole time we were supposed to be thinking about that because the movie just wasn't sure about how to uh, just accomplish any, anything on its to do list. And especially coming after, because the plot of... So the plot of the first movie is they think Jason Voorhees is a killer who uh, is running around, uh, you know, doing these these kids in. And then it turns out to be Jason's mom. That's the big twist, right? And then in two through four, it just turns out that Jason Voorhees is actually not dead. He somehow survived. And he's doing the killing. And then he dies. But by then... The big twist is it's not his mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so then by then he's already ostensibly died, but then come back to life twice. And so and then the first scene is they show them digging him up from his grave again. So you just figure like, okay, he's back again. 
in a dream sequence that it may or may not be a dream sequence. And then there's one of those at the end, too. We'll get to the end <laughs> later on in the show. But they don't know how to do dream sequences either because uh, that all seemed like it happened in the past. That was a flashback. Yeah. Or was it? did it happen? Or does anybody give a shit? I thought it yeah. was a flashback because the whole this whole Tommy character's thing basically all we know about him and the only thing he ever gives us is that he is traumatized by uh his encounter with jason Voorhees. there is nothing else to him so i assumed it was a flashback (laughs) but yeah so like we get traumatized by our flashbacks we call it our past but i talk in movie talk uh not by our dreams really if it's a dream there's not stakes and we don't give a shit because it already dissipated seconds after waking up and now you're just running around telling your co-workers what you can remember from this dream that nobody cares about um i will say that uh re-watching this which i did do um it is suddenly painfully obvious that in the scene where you see the real killer the medic they are trying to reveal to you that he is in fact the killer like because he has no he shouldn't even be a speaking role he's just there to pick up the body but they spend so much time like lingering on his face and there's i mean like there's a borderline like singing greek chorus a la little shop of horrors in the background going like he's the killer (laughs) yeah which is funny like they were trying as hard as they could to have it be a mystery with an obvious answer and instead no one even knew that they <laughs> were trying to do anything and typically i talk shit in the movie for like not trusting their audience but no they're just that that's just how inept they were yeah we just shouldn't trust these filmmakers they they wanted us to find the smoking gun but all of the people who were killed were killed with knives <laughs> that and like every time we would get a new one like there was a guy who just wound up on a porch and he was like hey i'll clean your chicken coop for some <laughs> stew we we're like oh that's okay so maybe that's jason i guess that's what the movie wants us to think he is dead within seconds he walks outside and then is just is just macheted immediately <laughs> Yeah, so why did they have to hire such a creepy-looking guy as well? And, like, really, they really, like, dirtied him up. They made him look sweaty and disheveled. Like, this guy's got a story. He wound up on this porch after something went down. That's because they're rural characters in an 80s movie. Like, they're... (laughs) The movie was being, for its time period, very kind by not having them actively fuck a dead opossum. (laughs) Do 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 you hit the O in possum? In the 80s. We have, we have a t- Oh, in the 80s, yeah. yeah. It would also, be anachronistic. Also, in this situation, uh, please cut this out later, but it's giving you its O face, so you do have to include the... <laughs> Since I gave you a point, I can't cut it out. Now you'll be more mad if I cut it out and take away your point. Uh, okay, so last week, or last episode, uh, Tompkins, you and I with Mike Ravagno. Yeah. Can you believe that we fucking nailed that? Yeah. That guest? That was crazy. That was big uh, for us. We did House, which was very clearly attempting to be a comedy almost first and then horror second. This movie is feel. I'm I'm trying to get a grip on how funny this movie thought it was and what its like actual intentions were. Oh, there are definitely moments where it's trying hard for humor. Like the two obvious are um, the fat guy who gets 
axed immediately. And the rednecks. The rednecks are like, like you can just tell the director was screaming his head off the whole time at what an amazing feat of comedy he had pulled off in these two characters. One, the perfect foil for the other. There's also uh, there's also a really wild swing at comedy when they have Reggie's older brother Demon, uh, yeah, yes, himself essentially. He yeah, he runs from the house uh, in obvious pain as as a horrible bout of diarrhea has just overtaken him absolutely comes out of nowhere we don't see this character eat a suspicious meal there's no there's nothing like relevant to the thrust of it oh you actually do because he offers reggie an enchilada which yeah he does have a van full of is like a chekhov's enchilada you are yeah absolutely i i completely forgot that enchilada because i was so horrified by the display that they had this man put on of, See, I, of essentially essentially clamping his butt cheeks together with his hands and dancing around. He has to manually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I fixated on that moment because it's, it's one where it's similar to like the whodunit thing where you're just left unable to decide what they might have been trying to do because he offers his brother an enchilada. And then he, in a way that I, I can only assume they wanted to be funny offers him like five other types of food. He was like from wildly different parts of the food court at the mall. Yes. Like it's, <laughs> it, he, he did not stop at one place. Yeah. And so, uh, but then you're like, what, what could possibly be the center of like, what am I supposed to laugh at here? The idea, like, what yeah, do you want no, from- it's so it's so hard because <laughs> think about if if this was an episode of the TV of a, of a TV show. Think about being in the writers' room and somebody pitching this joke. What were they pitching? Yeah. Like, what was the initial idea? Yeah, I actually took that element not as a joke, but as an attempt to humanize um, one of the one of the few characters uh i mean so there are three black characters two of them have names that's reggie and and demon and then there's reggie's grandfather uh and and i thought that there was there was something like kind of touching in these brothers the brother's relationship the way that the older brother is just crazy about this little boy and and wants to provide for him and care for him but yeah, the also, moment where he gives him his ring is actually like pretty sweet. It's well done. Yeah, there's something pre- sweet. Yeah. First of all, uh, you're you're like uh, there's only a few black characters. Uh, only a couple of them have names. One of them is Demon. So uh, <laughs> that's crazy. And then you're forgetting one other one, which is um, there's a second or a fifth or sixth snack in the van, and that is Demon's girlfriend yeah. who. Oh. Uh, yeah. Reggie Reggie notices after being in the van for like two minutes and he's like, damn, who is that? And then Demon is such a good older brother, I almost think that he's gonna like, yeah, do you want to take a shot? Like, yeah, I guess go for it if you need to. Yeah, that everyone in this vibe. movie has severe tunnel vision. <laughs> which is not great if there's a, a murder running around. There are so many times where 
Jason Voorhees or not Jason Voorhees uh, is Roy. <laughs> His name's Roy. Where good old Roy um, is essentially just walking up to someone at like a forty-five degree angle from their front, but because they are looking at like a poster or something, there's just no way they're gonna catch it. Also, no spatial awareness as far as editing goes. Like, yeah. it's an old Awesome Powers joke, but like, you start <laughs> to flinch when a bulldozer is a mile away from you. Um, one last thing before we get out of here, uh, and then we can get into the actual like deeper subtext of the film. Oh, does so any of this fucking matter? Like, does the plot, does the story matter? Is this just about the deaths? And I've never seen a horror movie that is just almost like a skit show. And I started thinking about porn. Like, is this just a series of murders? Like, porn is just a series of people having sex. Uh, does any of these things that we're talking about matter when it comes to a movie like this? I, I really don't think it does. I, I think that the franchise to compare this to is Final Destination, where um, after the first one, if you're coming back, the thing that brought you back were the interesting set pieces around their deaths. And that is essentially what people liked about the original Friday the 13th. Is it's, it's essentially the same plot. It's mostly just someone going around and murdering people while they're alone. But the whole, like, oh, this time he stabbed him from underneath. This time he did this, you know. But, but uh, the thing that it... The reason that this movie ultimately fails is that the the deaths are incredibly boring. They are all by either machete or butcher knife. Every once in a while, change it. Yeah, every once in a while, he'll change it up and shears. use like a slightly different yeah. edged weapon. Uh, about half of them, he just like hacks them in the throat or face. There's no stakes. There's no if, if you tried to guess what was. Well, they're not vampires. Was, what's that? They're not vampires. No, <laughs> I don't no, know why he would. Yeah, I see. There's no okay. stakes. There's no fangs. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and and that I think is like really why this movie fails. It 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 is uninterested in providing interesting deaths, which is Christina, all anyone is going to want from this. Christina, if we had had the same movie as far as storytelling goes, but had better deaths, better set pieces, would that have made it an okay movie? For me. Probably not. I'm not typically tuning into a film for the horror tableaus. It's usually the connective tissue that keeps me going. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, you know, my, my feminine side. I, I need a little bit of substance. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about it first. But <laughs> they, they, I think didn't provide they didn't provide enough of either to make up for the absolute lack of both. That's the thing is that final destination, uh, a a series known for like its first 10 minutes, right? Like you can, you can usually leave after the first 10 minutes of any final destination movie, but there was, it's always five friends and, you know, and then we see what happens and we do get to know them. And in this movie, there's 22 murders. That might be a trivia question later. So forget that I said that. But there's 22 murders, and it happens so in a way where like everybody's like, "Hello, I'm in this movie now." Oh my god, I just got macheted, and yep. that's what we get the entire movie. So I think that even if they were good looking murders, it would still be like, "What the fuck are we doing here? Why?" 
Yeah, it would. It would not be a good movie if the murderers were better. It would deliver on what the pathetic people who wanted to see it came to see okay. it for. Here we go. And would thus be okay. We did two episodes of this 85 horror season with us just being like, I don't know, horror horror has merit, and so do their fans. And now this is the episode where <laughs> you and then probably eventually you're going to be like, fuck those idiot nerds. <laughs> Tom All right, did let's on a previous episode say that he is neutral about horror. He did not say that he is neutral about horror fans. He's, fans, he's yeah. very <laughs> consistent on this issue. Neutral on the horror, vehement hatred for anybody <laughs> who enjoys it. Yeah. And and I I I will admit if you're if you're watching this, you're a fan of horror, you're mad at me. It is solely because I am jealous of your ability to enjoy anything. For sure. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the type of people who don't watch porn in like three minute bursts, but instead watch porn from start to finish. Like that's <laughs> crazy. Like I just, I just appreciate all that this movie has to offer. We have to take a break, guys. Let's get away from talking about this particular movie, and we are going to get to a Rushmore and talk about camping. We are here at a new mountain that we're going to build with no faces on it, or places. There's no nouns on this mountain yet. Uh, The original Mount Rushmore, which I don't know if you guys are reading the news at the time of this recording, but it's probably about to be torn down. Um, (laughs) So they need need a replacement, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it with the most iconic campsites. Not on the same mountain, though, right? Well... What 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 else are they going to do? Just like design mustaches <laughs> on all the presidents, so it looks like it was graffitied. How do you tear Mount Rushmore down? I, I, I that is not for me to decide. I just feel like once it's done, our new Rushmores should go. There's got to be a different mountain. <laughs> okay, we'll find a different mountain <laughs> for the most icon- iconic campsites in film history. Christina, I'm going to start with you. Um, in general, what are you looking for in a campsite in a movie? What does the campsite need to have? Um, I think that there needs to be an element of of growth, personal growth for every single camper. If that's not guaranteed, I'm not sending my kid there. I'm not going myself. There has to be... There has to be a unique spirit, something that makes this camp and the people who go there special. Something where you can say, yeah, I went there, and I can tell you didn't. And then (laughs) I want them to So it should be a shit-talking point later on in your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And then I want there to be... um, I want there to be a sense that these people are coming together to rethink what does justice really mean. (laughs) These 10 and 11-year-olds. Everybody, the whole camp, I'm talking... I'm talking the campers, I'm talking camp staff, camp director, counselors in training, everybody. Do the counselors have to be former campers? Like, should you not even apply to be a counselor unless you were there when you were a kid? Unless you are European, and then you might get in, because every camp needs to have a couple of weird European dudes. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, yeah, they're going to tend toward people who went to that camp who already have the it factor. 
Tompkins, do you prefer a counselor who, or a group of counselors who are all bullies and basically child abusers, or do you like the ones who are just doing drugs and having sex? I think you need a healthy mixture. You need the carrot and the stick. You want a counselor who is going to put your head in the toilet. Then you want a counselor who is going to teach you play guitar. You want a counselor who is going to uh, put their finger up their up their own butt cheek and then trick you to sniff it. Then you want a counselor who is going to... Up their own butt cheek. Yep. <laughs> you want a counselor who is going to do arts and crafts. And, you make and these are all in rapid succession. Yes. On the same day Montage style. It's how they introduce themselves. Yeah. We, we don't even have names. We just have this one trait that you're about to fucking find out. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through. Uh, you guys are going to suggest the most iconic camps in movie history. Um, we only have four spots. So if you get on the mountain, then you're going to get a point. If you do not get on the mountain, then you will get a, a glare from me. But this is just audio, so no one's going to know. All right. Christina, you're the guest, the newer guest. So we're going to start with you. What camp absolutely has to be on this mountain? Um, I'm going to say Camp Hope from Heavyweights. That has to be that has to be on the list and I chose it because I knew that Tompkins wanted to say it. <laughs> and and uh, that isn't actually my favorite camp. It's not the one that I would most want to go to. But it is the one I most wanted to prevent Tompkins from being able to say. Christina. It's a, I've never seen this movie. Uh, I've never so literally good. seen the movie. But I have watched the movie happen in real life because I have known Tompkins long enough to watch him go <laughs> from a chubby little boy to Ben Stiller's character in that movie, which he currently <laughs> is. Uh, but yeah, th- I would say that this is a movie that... Um, People, everyone saw it when they were that age, and then nobody talked about. It. And then over the last like five or six years, everybody's like, uh, "No, it's great." If you don't think it's great, then you're stupid. Get the fuck out of here. I think it was it was a lot of people's. Um, so so, Revenge of the Nerds is canceled, but uh, the experience people had of watching that and being like, "Oh, this is nice." The bad guys are the good guys. The good guys are the bad guys. It was like the '90s version of that. With a, with a lot less rape, right? Yes, one hundred percent less. <laughs> although there is one scene that is not perfect from a consent oh, no. standpoint. Please don't tell me there's a rape scene. In no, it's, they 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 trick him into they trick the camp owner, uh, the Ben Stiller's character, into putting his face betwixt two butt cheeks oh yes yeah yeah are they willing butt cheeks uh no well yes the the butt cheeks are I, it's just a weird term to apply to a pair of preteen. <laughs> let's talk about something else <laughs> all right tomkins cam hope is on the mountain tomkins where are you going from here um uh christina's right camp hope is uh, an excellent choice, one that I would have made. There is a better choice. Um, if you like your summers, I don't know, let's say wet. If you like your summers hot. Or Tompkins. even if you like your summers American, 
There's only Pop. one place you can go. That's Camp Firewood, baby. The ultimate summer camp. Yeah, uh, this is uh, definitely a case of knowing your host. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that uh, literally no one in on the planet had seen. And then I watched it first, and then I brought it to the world, <laughs> and now it's uh, this cult hit, and I get no credit for it whatsoever. Thank yeah, you. Thank problem. you. I didn't yeah. even know I should have been thanking you. Well, yeah. I mean, like, a simple text today thanking me for this would not is not too much to ask. But I will take this. Thank you. This would be my first ever, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, Camp Firewood could take all four spots now that there's been four separate... I think four separate, right? Uh, yeah, but let's stick to the first movie. Yeah. I, I've watched every minute of all of it, and let's stick to the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Two spots down, Christina. Where are we going from here? Camp Walden from Parent Trap. It's only a small portion of the film, and yet almost all of the iconic moments take place in those first 15 minutes spent at camp. You get everything you need from a camp packed in in such an efficient package with two charming identical hosts. This is and Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan? You could argue it's one, but they did some movie magic and they. So there were two. There were effectively two Lindsay Lohans. Why do you have to ruin every movie for me? I didn't know that was movie magic. I thought they did that thing where. Um... They just put a fake Lindsay Lohan with like sticks on their arms and her hands, and they both moved at the same time. <laughs> I but think no, I guess it was trickery. Of scenes where they had to do something like that because of budget restrictions, and and it just sometimes it just looks better, you know, to use practical effects like that, like the classic hands Some, on sticks. Sometimes it just looks better. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that's a good one. I'm gonna put it on the maybe pile for right now, um, just in case you guys have better things. But Tomkins, where are you at? Well, I I once again feel like there is um, I, a, a choice that that is slightly better than that one. It, it just feels like it's right there in front of our face because, you know, we've talked about this a little bit already. Summer camp isn't all fun and games, you know. Sometimes, yeah, a camp counselor bullies you a little bit, not just life. Sometimes, you get uh, stabbed in the neck with a machete. And, you know, you just have to, like, deal with that, move on, you know, learn and grow. And uh, when you look at this specific summer camp, Camp Crystal Lake, over the course of the 12 lovely films in the Friday the 13th franchise, I think you will find that there is no more truly fucked up and twisted summer camp. (laughs) It's a place where, like, 20 people die there basically every year and they immediately reopen so that the same guy can kill 20 more of them wait there's seriously been 12 are you saying that the next movie is going to be called friday the 13th the 13th (laughs) yeah we are one away i'm so excited for that uh yeah (laughs) i would say that if we did this uh, like this camp rushmore last week or last episode on house with me not having seen a Friday the 13th, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's throw it in. But now that I've watched it, fuck that. Fuck you. There's no way. <laughs> Christina, you're up. You got anything else? Are we, so just to clarify, are we limiting ourselves to official sleepaway summer camps? 
we're not going to include films where people, for example, set up camp together. Or go I, didn't, camp. We do that. I didn't think we were doing that, so I only did summer camps. Okay, if we're just, just summer doing camps. summer camps, then we have hit the limit of the number of summer camps I have seen. And I everything else more. would be hearsay. All right, give us... Oh, no, that's fine. Hearsay's fine. We're just talking about iconic, not that you've seen it before. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I am I am aware that there is a... There's a film called Meatballs. <laughs> I have not seen it. I do not recommend it. I do not intend to see it, but I'm aware of a camp in it where some typical camp things Christina, you happen. sound like you are testifying in front of Congress. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to go on the record with anything that could be contradicted by How come record. every time in between in between each of your sentences you cover the mic and then whisper to the person next to you? Like it's fine. Just just tell us about meatballs. Iconic well, food. I have been advised yeah. by my counsel to leave it at that. All right, we'll say Camp Meatballs on the maybe pile. The other thing you could have done, Christina, I've never thought of this, is bring up Camp Walden again. Just say it like you had not said it before, and that's two <laughs> votes for the parent trap, and it probably would have gotten on. <laughs> All right, Camp Meatballs. Tompkins, where are you at? Uh, there's another special summer camp that's a little different from the other, the other ones. Um, this is a summer camp you go to if you have unusual parentage for instance maybe one of your parents is an ancient greek god <laughs> it's camp half-blood from the percy jackson films and that's where you go to learn to be the best that you can be have you watched that's... any of those i've seen the first one wow yeah you get around yeah <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's all we have time for. Does anybody have anything else they want to shout out? Uh, yeah, Camp Ivanhoe from Moonrise Kingdom. You know, mm -hmm. classic camp. I'm just going to re-argue for Camp Sil. I mean, iconic doesn't mean best or gives you the most warm, fuzzy feeling. It obviously belongs. Well, I'm which? sorry, which one? Camp Silver Lake from Friday the 13th, Part 5. Crystal, Crystal Lake. Lake, you fucking Crystal. moron. <laughs> you don't Shut even up. know what you're arguing for. Shut up. All right. So, and uh, Christina, you're going to take one more point because this is, and then Tompkins, you will as well, um, your Rushmore for camps. We have Camp Hope from Heavyweights. We have Camp Firehood from Wet Hot. We have Camp Meatballs because all three of us have heard of it. You have to admit the camp and then, name is Camp North Star. And then we have uh, Crystal Lake, the fucking camp from Friday the 13th. Very disappointed in both of you that uh, the Catskills camp where all of the dirty dancing happened oh, was not yeah. brought up. I wasn't sure if that was officially like a summer because that's like like her parents are there, too. It's more of a retreat. It's a family a... camp. It's, I guess. Yeah I, yeah. I always forget about family camp. It's the, it's Never like forget the about family camp. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have done a lot of discussion about family camp.
Well, that is very, very funny. Or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about. Or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email contact at Your Pop Filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. Back to Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Guys, here we go. Does this movie at all function as a morality play? Okay, getting into like the core of what horror movies, particularly in the 80s. No, that's not true. Like Since the dawn of horror movies, getting into that, is there at all a co- coherent moral narrative offered about why certain characters, quote-unquote, deserve punishment? I would make the argument that there is not a... There isn't a clear moral narrative but there is a a an a resounding moral question which and is what the question is can anybody under the right circumstance commit a brutal murder okay Christina. so let's get into roy then is that what we're doing it's not just roy because you know he the movie the first murder that happens is just some dude named Vic. He's the murderer. He Well, we, he is at a uh, halfway the, house. The yeah. first murderer that happens is the original Jason killing the two excited grave diggers. That's true. That's true. But we haven't decided if that's a dream or if that's something that really happened. If it's a it's dream, not, not a murder. <laughs> we Christina. You're being you're being real fucking Tompkins right now. Uh, but yeah, the first murder is we're like, I don't. Where is this movie going? And it, it, apparently, it's nowhere. But at least I know that we have the fat character for the rest of the movie. Uh, I can tell he is, and it's not because of his body size, but because he has chocolate coming out of every single orifice that he owns. <laughs> and then Vic, a uh, person, a uh, person at the halfway house, uh, gets a little too annoyed with Joey. Joey. Uh, and puts an axe right in his back, and then we later find out uh, severs an arm from his body and just leaves him there uh, at this halfway house, which has the extremes from potential axe murderers to people who have witnessed Jason kill people to stutterers to having no problems at all. <laughs> they they take all comers. <laughs> it's a very welcoming community. There's I, one I girl do who's just, just a goth. Her, her yes. <laughs> issue is that she is the most just, fucked up of all. Yeah, she likes <laughs> to wear dark colors. But like, can't you see in the eighties, parents be like, the second that she puts on like eye makeup that's too dark, they <laughs> yeah. call that halfway house as soon as possible. Like, no, <laughs> get her out of here. Yeah, only putting her there because lobotomies were already made illegal at this point. Yeah, were- at the very least, she'll get chopped up by an axe murderer. <laughs> yeah. They don't want the. They don't want her to go from the halfway house back into normal society. They're hoping that it works the other way. That the halfway yeah. house is sort of a halfway <laughs> point be... to her being locked up forever. Yeah, she'll be integrated into the yeah. asylum. Because guys, uh, let's not make fun of those parents. Can you imagine if she wore that dark makeup to a dinner party that the parents were throwing? Oh, that's God. just fucking killer. Like, you how can't. could you have her live? No, I get it. 
I, I also, I, this, is, this is a total departure. It's just, I don't think I'll get another chance to mention it. Um, in the scene where Vic is cutting wood, the, <laughs> the director's idea of what it means to like cut firewood <laughs> is just that. Is take a piece of firewood. You just hack at it from the side for, like all day. <laughs> Takes a totally fine thing that can go in the fireplace yeah. and then just chop at it and grunt as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, I also, so I, I, as I was watching this was charitably trying to find some sort of overall like moral reasoning behind each murder, but really all you get is a, a very, like sometimes literally within that scene, they do something that is like seven deadly sin style, a no, no, and then are immediately chopped up for in one way or another. And, so there's like a very Tompkins. basic sense of like what is essentially like traditional like fundamentalist Christian theology or whatever behind this. But more than that, and, and the reason that this movie like really did kind of like earnestly upset me in a way that like slasher films often do is that the moralizing, I think, is only there so that you feel good about uh, taking joy in these deaths. It's only a pretext. And one of the most disturbing things about this movie is that the, like, the two sort of blameless characters that are murdered, which would be the camp counselor and then the the cook, the unnamed cook, um, are found dead instead of actually witnessing the murder. And I think the reason it doesn't show their murder is it wouldn't... Tompkins. It wouldn't feel as good to watch him chop up someone who hasn't, you know, quote-unquote done something to deserve it. But, like, the the fight, the, the, like the, the disgusting criminals, the, the two, like, 17, 18, 19-year-olds who were very attractive and, and enjoyed having sex, yeah. um, like, they get got in this way where, like, they're not, like, that's sort of what I expected from these movies is that if you have sex, that like crazy conservatism that like it's, it's so weird that everybody loves these horror movies when it's just you better act like you were a good teenager from the 50s or you will die. But it, and in this, this does movie, seem to... some of the bad teenagers are literally from the 50s because there's like the <laughs> <Yeah>. two <laughs> they were born in that <laughs> decade. Greasers, <laughs> but it's so it so feels like that they saw like the people who made this movie saw those horror movies and thought they were doing it, but didn't really care. You know, like yeah. there's they're not even doing that part, that awful part about horror movies. Correct. I, I think so. This will sound like a leap and maybe it is. But I think honestly, in a way, this is tapping into some of the same fear that The Exorcist is or the slasher genre in general is tapping into some of the same fear. Because the reason that The Exorcist is frightening is that, um, you know, or I, I, I think you make the argument that like the main sort of fear that it's working on is that if you're an atheist, but God is real, you know, like what if you're wrong and like hell exists and all this stuff and it really gets you to it really gets you to that place uh whereas i think that something similar is happening in the slasher genre especially in the 80s where society has um moved past the place it was in like the 40s or 50s it doesn't uh, idolize the same things anymore and you know the free love movement has happened blah 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 um 
but there's like guilt that comes with that because your parents are still like baby boomers, you know? And so the idea that you deserve to have something bad happen to you for doing the things that your parents or grandparents think was a sin is very palpable. And I think that that's what a lot of slashers from this era are working on, but seeing it done so like haphazardly here is especially distasteful. It's the, there's the, the mix of punitive killings and just, rampage killings the the farmhand who who's trying to work for some breakfast he gets killed seemingly just to show us just to prove that not everybody who looks creepy is going to turn out to mean anything in this movie at all oh well he actually commits the sin of being a peeping tom he does peep a little bit he witnessed the sex act and must therefore die (laughs) that seemed that seemed to me like He's not doing anything worse than what we're doing. No binoculars. Yeah. Well, but then, like, the the brother, um, uh, Demon, is that his name? His name Demon, yeah. Demon. Uh, his sin is either, um, like, it's hard to pin down. If it's not that he had to poop, then his sin is just sort of maybe general pride. Like that's another thing that's a little bit upsetting about this is that the excuses that it offers for you to feel okay about being like, Oh, now they get it. Um, are so flimsy. So often. I mean, even the, like the, the Ethel and junior, the two rednecks, like they're just rednecks. That's essentially their crime. But see, that's why what I think the movie is doing is foregoing all of that. Like, they don't care. I mean, if we talk about the end where, like, the last four halfway house people die, I mean, it's like the stutterer, and then he says, I would like to make love with you. Now he's dead, and then the girl laughs at him, and then she's dead, and then there's a girl dancing, and we're going to get to that dancing. Uh, I mean, singing in the rain level choreography in that (laughs) one. Uh, Then she's dead, too, and it's just – it has nothing to do with that. It's just like – they're all there to, you know, have sex with the machete. You know, that's where the porn stuff comes from is that yeah. it's just like, how many people can we put this machete through? And that's what makes it impossible to come up with like a through line. Yeah. I, I also say like, like I, I, I will say that like, uh, watching like the current protests and especially watching people who are idiots respond to them. And, and, you know, the whole like, when, you know, when you realize that if if, if a, a black man is murdered by the police, there's a certain percentage of the population who no matter what will find an excuse for why it was his fault. So in that climate to be watching a movie where you're just watching people get murdered over and over again and the movie is constantly being like, oh, no, it's OK. They did this is genuinely kind of upsetting and 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 makes me wonder about like how much of the sort of mainstream, which in a weird way slasher movies are, pop culture that we consume, is just conditioning you along similar lines, conditioning you to accept the violence of the state. (laughs) And yeah, I'm sure that that person who murdered that other person, the the murderer was mildly annoyed enough to justify the murder. Yeah, (laughs) That's what this movie is. Just like, uh, we hate all these people, so we're rooting for jason slash roy more often than we're not yeah 
All right, how about this? Let's talk about this real quick. Christina, you have to you have to admit that this takes place in a instead of just a normal camp, which most of these movies do, it's a halfway house. These are all kids who have issues and are dealing with trauma. Is the movie doing anything with that? Is there anything <laughs> is there any reason that you can say like the movie decided to do it there instead of somewhere else? We are trying so hard to <laughs> be charitable in some way. This movie does not deserve this. I think that um, that the so the the halfway house it's an interest it's not a halfway house for formerly incarcerated people it's a halfway house for people who are who are chronically held in psychiatric facilities and this one's like yeah. the cool one yeah. this is where you you know where we do things a little bit differently. So, we let you and chop you could, all day with an axe. <laughs> and you can <laughs> tell right away that like, the head counselor, both the, the male and the female head counselors, are like they put like a leg up or a foot up on the wall when they talk, and they're like, yeah, we do things differently <laughs> yes. here. Yeah, they are, they are both say, just your like dad's halfway fully home. erect That's how over differently there. <laughs> they do things. And they, they also, uh, I mean... I think that it it gives you the opportunity to assemble a wacky cast of characters and make them also, you know, expendable because they're not useful for anything. I mean, they they yeah. can't go anywhere with their lives after this anyway, so we might as well kill them. I mean, it's it they're they they provide. I mean, those those are you know, people who their worst crime is sex and then some of them don't do anything wrong at all, but they're all there. That so. one guy stuttered. You got to admit, he yes. fucking stuttered so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. Wait, so... You want you want that guy running around on our streets? <laughs> yeah, he's, so Joey, the character who was killed, the character who was killed with the, the, the candy and... He's covered in yeah. chocolate, and he just wants to help. I mean, I... He came I, here straight from Willy Wonka's factory. Right. We have to assume that he has some kind of... He has some kind of disability, right? I Fatness, mean, yes. The 80s, the <laughs> 80s just like had to lock down one person who was gross because they were fat in literally every single movie. He's like, not It happens in fat. every movie. He's well, not I know. That's why they... Fat. They rub <laughs> chocolate on his mouth and put a candy bar in each of his hands as if he's an action figure <laughs> who, like, those are the things that the action figure holds just so everybody knows that he's fat. And then also he he screams at people if you do not want to eat the candy bar directly out of his hands. I don't which think that he makes him expendable for, for that. I think he screamed at them for, for belittling him and for talking to him as though he doesn't understand what they're saying. But Although he does he it because doesn't. of how fat he is. They <laughs> yeah. said we're doing the laundry, and he immediately put his chop, which are at this point more chocolate than skin, <laughs> hands over all of the perfectly clean white laundry. That's true. That's that guy true. must have been in makeup like four hours that day, just having chocolate applied Spackling to his body. It on. They wait for one layer to dry, and then they add like yeah. Hershey's shell. And he's probably this like crackle. Shakespearean British actor. Yeah. Just the whole time in the chair, just, uh, this is bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I... Like, this this movie is... 
inadvertently like it, it's weird because like we talked about how it, and it, like no one making these wanted to be making them and it's so obvious like from the titling alone where they're constantly trying to be like okay and this is the last one now and uh so i, I feel like in a weird subconscious way, the reason that it switched to a, a halfway house and a bunch of like traumatized people is just the experience of feeling as if you were forced to make Friday the 13th part five. Mm. That's like, the scariest part. That's yeah. the trauma that they're dealing with. <laughs> oh my God, guys. Trivia. There it is. It's Ooh. trivia time. Uh, so Kate, what you, or I'm sorry, Christina, what you're going to do and Tompkins, what you're going to do is you're going to buzz in with your name. Just say your name. And, uh, Christina, remember that none of this is real. So just answer quickly. I forgot to tell you that earlier. Just first thing that comes to your head. Here we go. Uh, there's a 10 second sex scene in the movie when we are finally shown proof that the teenage nymphomaniacs do indeed enjoy having sex. How long was that scene that the director had in the original cut? Tom. Tompkins? Three minutes. It was three minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So Do you guys time. understand how long three minutes is? I mean, it's realistic. That's exactly yes, what I know. they would have been having sex for. <laughs> they, it, that makes sense because it reads as something that, you know, that, that had more substance and was left on the editing room floor. Because there's, yeah. there's just a way of it lingering on certain shots that it's like the longest you can just shot tell in the they weren't done is, is yeah like this this naked a lot of teenager. meat on the bone <laughs> well there's at one point like they lay down and then they come right back up nine seconds later and the guy's like yeah. and you could yeah there was so much more footage the, on that. the first time i watched it i thought that what was happening is they did a little foreplay and then he was saying all right before we actually have sex i need to go take a dip in the river to like clean uh-huh. myself off and then we'll or to, in order to keep all the themes of the movie going he should have said like oh my god i just ate an enchilada i gotta go run <laughs> to the river real quick take care of some stuff uh tom you didn't read the imdb trivia for this movie did you why would I ever do that? Okay, if you do, then you're going to lose 45 to nothing. I did Well, okay, hold on. I didn't know that wasn't allowed. Where do you think I get trivia from? You make almost all of it up. What is so special about the last name <laughs> of the female nympho? Uh, Christina. See, Christina. It is the director's mother's name. It is not that. Tompkins, you have a guess? I hope it's a fucking guess and not the correct answer. I, you, I, I honestly don't know. Are you looking at your computer right now? I am not looking at my computer. I honestly don't know. It's Voorhees. Now I feel like a fucking... <laughs> I feel like a cop. Uh, how many words does the main character Tommy Jarvis say in the movie? Christina. Tompkins. Tompkins. 24. It is 20... <laughs> Christina. This is what? not going to go well for you. What the fuck? John Shepard, who plays Tommy Jarvis, thought the movie was called Repetition, a serious drama about a young man at a halfway house for disturbed children. What did he do before the movie started filming? Tompkins. Tompkins. This was not on the IMDb trivia page. He volunteered at a mental facility. (sighs) Tompkins. Uh, How many people are killed in this movie? Tompkins. Uh, 
Christina. Twenty-two. <laughs> Twenty-two is correct. Uh, what is the name of the camp that the halfway house is on or close to? Christina. Not to mention where Jason and his mother committed all of their murders. Christina, you do have to wait till the Sorry. question yeah, is over. over. But Tom, but Chris, but Christina, it is over right now. Christina. Tompkins. Christina, yes. Camp Crystal Lake. It is Camp Crystal Lake. Christina. What is the flavored powdery substance that my grandparents bought instead of just fucking buying juice? Tompkins. Tompkins. Tang? No, so close. Crystal ice. Crystal light. Uh, Christina, do you have a guess? Kool-Aid. <laughs> Incorrect. It is crystal light. Uh, who is a better dancer, me or Violet with her sweet, lazy robot moves? Tompkins. Tompkins? It's got to be Ryan. That's incorrect. Christina? <laughs> I'll say the other answer. It is the other answer. How long did Violent dance for in the movie? Christina. Tompkins. Tompkins? It's like two minutes. Incorrect. Christina? <laughs> Six minutes. It was 45 minutes of the movie. We just stood there watching her dance. The actress who played Ethel brought her own wig to the audition. Why did she get the part? Christina. Tom. Christina? They had already used up their wig budget. So close, but incorrect. Tompkins. Tompkins? They ma- she made them wig out? Nope. She brought her own wig, and that's why they gave it to her. Uh, name two of the foods or drinks that Demon just has in his van to offer his brother. Tompkins. Tompkins. Enchilada and pizza. And what kind of pizza? Uh, it has, it's, oh, God, uh, he also says fried rice, I think. No, no. What, what's, what's on the pizza? Uh, cheese and, um, and then the other one is fucking weird. No, it's sausage. Sausage? Okay. <laughs> Christina, there's three, there's three other things That's that is weird, offered man. to Reggie. What else is in that van? I'm going to say fried rice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and and uh, I don't know crepes. <laughs> that would make sense based on like how international his van is. But uh, no, it's enchilada, cheese and sausage pizza, egg roll, taco, and beer. Yes. Uh, number twelve. Demon and his girlfriend sing a duet while he is taking a red hot enchilada shit. How long would I wait to break up with someone if they did that with me? Tompkins. Tompkins. You would wait zero minutes. I would wait exactly zero minutes. I will do it while I'm shitting. <laughs> if you guys were going to duet a song with your significant other while you were shitting, what song would you choose? Tompkins. Tompkins. Um, ooh, baby, baby from Friday the 13th, part five, A New Beginning. Incorrect. <laughs> you would choose Christina. Ebony and Ivory. Christina, yes. Uh, I, I'm going to say I wouldn't. I would not. It is a trick question. Christina. That is absolutely correct. Ryan. Christina. Ryan. If uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr., who played Demon, also starred in what classic 2002 basketball movie? Where a man was fired from the NBA, so he dressed like a woman in order to play in the WNBA. Tompkins. Tompkins. Juana Man. It is Juana Man, which is a statement and a question all at the same time. (laughs) When Kevin Pollock signed on to be in Juana Man, who was already signed to play the titular role? 
before Miguel A. Nunez oh. Jr. Christina. I was going to say Miguel Nunez. <laughs> Which would have been a good question. Can you remember the name Miguel A. Nunez after three seconds of not hearing it? <laughs> Tompkins, who is it? Shaq? It is not Shaq. <laughs> Just trying to Christina, you have another guess? Um, 2002. Michael Jordan. Incorrect. Tompkins, it's an actual actor. Who was who was signed on to Joanna Man when Kevin Pollock signed on? To play lead titular character Juana Man. Um I don't know. Uh Cuba Gooding Jr. It was Will Smith. <laughs> Kevin Pollock signed on thinking Will Smith was going to play <laughs> Juana Man. And your final question, true or false? I have seen Juana Man. Tompkins. Tompkins. True. That is incorrect. <laughs> Christina. Christina? False. Christina. That is false. I've never fucking seen that shit, you moron. Christina. And that is trivia. When we come back, we have another segment about Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. You thought we couldn't do it. <laughs> support us more directly go over to patreon.com slash your pop filter pick a tier shed a tier get some extra stuff there's extra shows extra long shows uh, you can make ryan draw you pictures make me write you a poem there's all kinds of stuff over there you could even get a shirt off our very own backs that's patreon.com slash your pop filter we also want to say thank you to shady monk for providing all the tunes you hear on this show Check him out on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, wherever the kids get their music that I'm too old to know. Check out Shady Monk. Back to you, Greg. And now we're back to Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. I'm going to ask you guys a question that sounds like sort of a joke, but I do think it gets into part of why this movie is so, so, so terrible. Who's the main character? Evil. <laughs> Lust. <laughs> Fear. Camp. There are Fuck many. it, the viewer. The viewer, the Honestly, audience. Honestly... I I sort of felt like New York City was almost a character in this movie. <laughs> but wait, let me give Christina one more point. Um, Tommy uh, Tompkins, you had researched that Tommy says twenty four words and then got a trivia point for that. Um, actually, that I did can't, not. That can't be it, can it? Like, can Tom? Like, I've never seen a more like static lead role than this Tommy character. It's, yeah, it, which it's not uh, Roy. Yeah, it's because they they want the big twist at the end that Tommy is taking on the mantle of Jason Voorhees or or whatever. But um, 
he completely drops out of the film like a third of the way through and doesn't come back until the very end. So there's nothing interesting about that. It's not like, oh, there was good and evil inside of him and evil won. It's like, oh, this guy was in like three scenes and then he went away and now he's back again. Are you talking about Tommy or Jason? Tommy. Tommy. It could be uh, Reggie. Reggie could be the main character. He gets I like Reggie, yeah. Quite a bit of screen time comparatively. He has the most charming. feelings. He's charming. He has he has desires. He has humor. He has interests. And he he survives. And I know that the other movies already came out and this is probably not the direction they go in, but the next one really should be Reggie versus Tommy. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um the direction that they instead go in is that Tommy doesn't actually become Jason as, and is the main character of the next, like, two or three movies. So well, yeah, this is, the, yeah. this is the this is the middle of the Tommy trilogy. So he's Corey Feldman in four. Yeah. And then here, and then he comes back as a different actor. They were somehow able to find a more talented actor to replace <laughs> this guy for uh, episode six of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, arguably, the figure of Jason is the closest thing to a main character because you do follow him more than anyone else. And the movie makes a type of logical sense if it's him, like, you know, uh, like like falling down style, just walking around the camp and seeing things that piss him off, like murdering people. (laughs) But, like... uh... As opposed to falling down, uh, which those were all like normal people trying to live their life. Yeah. You know, the movie goes out of its way to make all of these people seem awful. Did you guys find yourself rooting for Jason, even if it was just to get this movie over with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if he could have murdered them faster, I would have approved. Um, but no, there's, there's no, you know, uh, there's really no one, I think, who deserves to be murdered like the crimes that they are committing are so unbearably ticky tacky even in like the worst like i think the worst thing someone who gets murdered does is punch someone and it's also um it's not clear what you're rooting for what do you root for in a totally chaotic system i mean are you rooting for him to kill everybody (laughs) <laughs> to kill everybody in better ways, like to to get away with it, because all those things you're... feel kind of like without consequence. Yeah, are yeah. you rooting for him to like get better at killing? So it's just cooler to watch. <laughs> like maybe we're just watching Roy train, yeah. And without a montage, we just have to see each of his, you know, boring ones until we can get to the cool part. But that doesn't really happen. Yeah, and he just starts to. I mean, obviously Roy's peak as a killer is um, shears to the face followed by leather strap around the skull. Come on, yeah. That leather <laughs> strap, that's... You're taking the time, and you're you're being patient, and you're yeah. getting things done. You're you're planning ahead. You're setting your kills up ahead of time. You know, that's that's some true uh, slasher stuff. So, so if you could have kept on that trajectory, but um, he was really a, you know, a one-hit wonder... I, 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 I honestly think that just what you're rooting for is to be surprised. Like, the, what the movie wants you to set up is it's a series of vignettes 
of someone being alone in their home or whatever and you're the 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 whole entertaining part of it is just supposed to come from i know jason is going to kill him but is it going to like does he come up behind him does he do like it tries to do that when ethel dies because you hear something in the house so you think oh it's going to come up behind her and then instead he chops her in the face through the window that sort of game is is what the movie wants to play it's just really bad at it because there's no creative spark behind it so many of the killings like the the dancing one it's just she's dancing for 45 minutes straight and then he sneaks up behind her and and kills her with a machete that's it there's nothing else going on there's no yeah (laughs) all right um good job time kids let's get to a speed round because what the fuck else Uh, i'm out of questions i don't have anything else so what we're gonna do is we're going to do a bracket and we're going to put all of the supporting characters into a bracket. It's up to you guys to determine who's going to make it out as not just the best deaths, but the best characters. Like, okay. how about let's do this? Who deserves a spinoff? Your first matchup are the initial grave robbers in the quote unquote dream uh, versus Vic and Joey, uh, the jock versus the fat kid. Oh, I want to spend more time with those grave robbers. They yeah, were the grave robbers. so enthusiastic about I mean, that really like more than any other scene showed like this guy, like, you know, got his start in porn and realized that the boring part for him was watching people have sex. He just wants to do the the build-up parts and to make a whole movie out of that because they are acting so much like the people in porn movies do anything where they're in unbearably enthusiastic. They have to announce everything they're doing the entire time. I want to see those guys in like a full two-hour grave robin caper. Yeah, they have a sort of they have a sort of Holland Oats charm <laughs> that I think could sustain a lot more. Then Vic's dumbfounded rage or Joey's whole fat kid thing. Yeah, you know, there's only I, I so specifically, much stuff you can smear chocolate on. Yeah, I specifically don't want to see any more of of Joey. So that's another strong argument in favor of the Grave Robbers. All right, the next matchup. So Grave Robbers take it. Um, the next one is I think two groups of people who we have not talked about yet um, the next matchup is the bald EMT <laughs> and the waitress who is really excited to go out on this cocaine fueled date with this fucking douchebag <laughs> loser uh, versus the 50s greasers who just show up in a car and like <laughs> sing songs and wear hats and uh, say things like crap my ass um Guys, who's moving on over these two? This one's a little tougher. I, 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 I question: are, are all of these movies being like? Are they all going to be made? Like, so if we choose Greasers and Grave Robbers next year in theaters, is there going to be a Greasers the movie and Grave Robbers the movie? No, this is a bracket, bro. There can only be one. Oh, that's right. So it's just a so. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue for the the waiter and the EMT over over the greasers. There, there, my my reasoning is that I think that 
the greasers are going to have to come up at some point against the grave robbers and they're too similar and they can't cut the mustard. And I also think that uh, the the waitress over a full movie would be fun. She's like, you know, she's out there having fun. I, I liked her. <laughs> Christina, do you agree? Do you think that uh, they should move on past the, the greasers? I completely agree. The, the the waitress and the bald guy have a chemistry. And we have our title. <laughs> Sorry, what? Waitress and the we bald have our title guy. for yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. They have a chemistry that is ineffable. It is <laughs> indescribable. I mean, it's, it's, it's intangible. It's incomprehensible. It's kind of gross. I mean, they're a kind of haunty for each other that you do not often see in a movie. And and they're kind of angry about it, but yeah. they're loving it. They're gonna very they're gonna do like it. Um, wild at heart vibes from them. Okay, yeah, Lynchian. <laughs> I would say that it's Lynchian. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I think you guys are both so wrong. It's all about these fucking greasers who will just they hang out together. We have no idea where they're going or where they came from. They just sing songs about what they're thinking. Uh, it could be a musical, but no, we'll go with the bald EMT and the waitress. <laughs> the next battle is the nymphos, the the teenagers who are both very attractive and enjoy having sex with each other, uh, versus Demon and his girlfriend. Demon I know which one the director would like, because <laughs> he did try to make a whole extra movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the obvious choice is, is Demon and his girlfriend. Those Demon characters is one of the are few interesting. charming characters. Yeah. They they and have chill a cool. lot going on. Their outfits, their domicile, their outhouse, everything I mean, about it's them. A, their romance say, is even weirder than the the EMT and the waitress. Like what they've got going on is crazy, but the whole again, singing and flirting through an outhouse, that's I want to see the origins of that. Like, when did that start in their relationship? Yeah. Well, there's it's the class. It's like, when do you start peeing with the door open? When do you not care if they're in the bathroom while you poop? And then when do you do duets through an outhouse door? Like the do duets? Are they called do duets? That is amazing. She also locks uh, him in. She locks him in, and that's a fun prank. And and he wants to respond by hurting her. Yeah, and so Hilarious. there's clearly there is a lot to unpeel. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to just valorize them and put them on this pedestal as because they're the the most interesting characters in the film, but they. I do think, yeah. I want to see in, that relationship. In the Demon in the GF movie, Demon is going to have to come to terms with both his more abusive tendencies and um, his willingness to overlook the fact that his like 10 year old brother is dating a 30 year old woman (laughs) and he just did not miss a beat he was like damn kid good job (laughs) also uh demon said would you like from my van an enchilada a cheese and sausage pizza an egg roll or a taco or a beer but he didn't say that's all that's in the van (laughs) there's probably more we can get to the fried rice we can get to the crepes we can get to everything else (laughs) that that van is back to it all right, your final battle is Ethel and Junior. These are uh, two like Roger Rabbit style cartoons <laughs> that just popped into the movie and hang out. Uh, versus Jake, Robin, Violet, and Duke, which are just the rest of the kids at the camp that Jason just rampages on at the end. 
This is tough. I, I guess I'm gonna I'm inclined to say the kids because I can imagine listening to them speak for more than a few seconds without <laughs> needing it to stop. I don't think I want to see that movie, but I'm more likely to sit through at least a few minutes of it. Yeah, I mean, that movie is just The Breakfast Club. Uh, <laughs> from 1985. At yeah. a halfway house. <laughs> I, I am, I, I'm going to say Ethel and Junior because they just have such a powerful energy. Um, <laughs> and I could see, like, in the hands of a good comedic director, Ethel, Ethel being, like, an absolute powerhouse of a character. I want to see her karate chopping with a, with a butcher's knife. So many different dead animals. I want to see. I and like that actress. I will like. She has some like delivery. She like the way that she turns around and tells Junior to shut the fuck up in the the first scene that they're in is good. And she brings her own wigs. Tompkins. And yeah, she wears and she does bring well. her own wigs. You know, I didn't, I didn't even know it was a wig. She was wearing a wig. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is that this movie was directed by a porn director. If we get one of today's porn directors to direct a movie about Ethelyn Jr., that's going to be a very different movie yes. based on... <laughs> All right, so let's go through this very quickly. We have the Grave Robbers versus Waitress and the Bald Guy. Grave Robbers. Grave Robbers. All the way. Incorrect, but... We'll do what you guys want. <laughs> and then Demon and the Girlfriend versus Ethel and Junior. Demon and Girlfriend. Yeah, I got to give it to Demon and the Girlfriend. That is correct. And then it's Grave Robbers versus Demon and the Girlfriend. Demon and the Girlfriend. But could we not maybe do a combo? I. You want all four in this movie? I think it could be interesting. I don't know where it's going, but if you start there and just get some like chemistry going, get them all doing a little improv, see where it goes. My, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna say Grave Robbers or Demon of the Girlfriend in Grave Robber Adventure. <laughs> but I need you guys to tell me who is directing. Shane Black. And this is a 2020 movie, by the way. I'll do it. Oh, you know, uh, if Chris you Nolan. need someone. Okay, so we have Christina and Christopher Nolan. Those are the two options. We are often head-to-head looking at the same jobs. And and I just want to make a case for myself. People often side Christopher Nolan when they're, when they're asked to choose between us. But I just think that I just think that I could draw out the this the brother angle in both cases in a way that 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 would really uh, make this that movie Chris about... Nolan, the master of emotional storytelling, couldn't? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Chris <laughs> Nolan guy, and so Tompkins, can you go up against what Christina just said? Um, I have seen Christina direct. She is good. Chris Nolan... No, that's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Oh yeah, throw your neighborhood in the Hear about the latest West Side killing, Bodie sipping, set tripping, folk dipping. 
Hey guys, real quick, before we get back to the rest of the show, I just wanted to tell you about yourpopfilter.com. Go to that website to get everything that is Pop Filter, all of our podcasts, all of our articles, all of our secrets. Everything is on yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. And if you make that your new Amazon bookmark, then you can help Amazon less and us more. And isn't that what we all want to do in the world? Some of those podcasts that you can get on the website or in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your shows uh, include the Superhero Hour Hour, where Cassie, Mike, and I discuss every single TV show based on a comic book, and the OCD, where Mike and I discuss every episode of the OCD. And then, of course, Movie of the Year, where Greg, Mike, and I try to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. So make sure you're downloading all of those shows. Leave a review. Leave a star rating. Leave a podcast. If you have an idea for an episode, just record it and email it to us, and we'll probably put it on the air. Thanks. Bye. In the oven, in the nappy, I had on two, so I was happy. Cause that HIV will make your dick hang sideways. And that ain't cool, fool. Cause it's old boy, throw your neighborhood in the air. If you don't care, oh yeah, throw your neighborhood in the air. It is the end of the show, guys, where we have to sit here and talk about how we think Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning we'll do in this bracket. Tompkins, I'm going to start with you. Uh, we're only three movies in, but I don't know. What are you thinking? Do you think this could take the whole thing down? I, I think it might not be too late to swap it out with anything else. Anything. A movie that you and I made? Yeah. Let's do it <laughs> Like right after this. What if we what if we swapped it out with your parody of when the celebrity is saying imagine? <laughs> I that... I think that could take it all. In the horror genre. Christina, I don't what do you think? Do you, do you think this has a chance of like being talked about as good? I mean, if you radically change the terms of the podcast uh-huh. and the, and what we're competing for. Probably still no. I can't really imagine any measure where this would be a winner. Yeah. This is truly terrible. This is everything that I thought horror movies were when I was a dick. You know, like when I would make fun of them for being bullshit, it's because I always thought it was this movie. Yeah. And not all of the other wonderful things that horror movies have to offer. I, I will also say, like, I, th- I, I think it hurts um, House's case that it came first just in terms of, like, how positive. Like, I think I was actually harsher on House overall but part of that is like it just goes to show how much like expectation matters because um i went into house knowing that it's sort of become like a minor cult classic and also having like fond memories of certain scenes and you know just knowing like pretty early on like oh it's not gonna live up to that this i went in knowing this is a notoriously awful movie even given that it's a notorious awfully franchise and so when it was really awful i was just kind of like yeah that's what i expected so it was like in some ways less of an unpleasant watch than house for me but it is a far worse movie than house oh my god i would i think i think house is a masterpiece now i would watch house I would do times. another show on House, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Before I saw Fuck. this one more time for one minute. All right, let's get to the scores. Uh, this is going to be uh, who is going to be my best friend for the, the upcoming week. Uh, 
In third place was me. I scored six points, guys. Congrats. I scored six points. Nice. Uh, and Tompkins scored 26, and 26 plus 6 is 32, which is what Christina scored. She scored 32 points nice. and is the winner. Christina, victory speech. Go for it. I am I am aware but not self-conscious about the fact that some of my points were less about what I did and more about ways that Tompkins disappointed you. However, okay. I will take So this. you've met Tompkins' parents before then. <laughs> I think that I think that um that in a in a sense we're all losers uh because we sat through this movie some of us three times Tompkins. uh but yeah thank thank you for these points Christina. they they really well am i up to 33 yeah no yeah you're now winning a lot more than you were um christina unfortunately this will be the last time that we have you on the show because typically when people beat Tompkins, they talk so much shit and just scream and point and laugh at him and that's all that i want in my life but you're you're being like sort of like congenial here and I don't know what to do with this. Well, Tompkins and I, uh, the way that we compete is is that we we just each see the other one as our little brother. <laughs> and Tompkins is chronologically older, but I met him in a sort of a new beginnings, if you will. So it was yeah. like I watched him, I watched him become a man, the way you might watch hmm. your little brother, and 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 and. And Tompkins has watched me become just a slightly older version of of the same self, I guess. But yeah, no. I, so I feel like I feel like I'm not here to make him feel bad. Remember, there has to be personal growth. There has to be what was my middle thing? There has to be personal more growth. personal growth. There has to be, there was a middle thing, and then the third thing was these children have to redefine justice. The, oh, right, yes. as far as camps go. Yeah. You're talking about how camps work. Camps and brothers, similar similar principles. I think the middle thing is something different for everyone. Tompkins, am I going to get three or four texts a day for the next week talking about how you should have totally won, or have you just accepted this loss now? It's... You know, like, just the like. Sometimes you have to like re-examine your own relationship to like a substance, you know, uh-huh. and you can't really do that by being like, "I wish weed worked differently." You have to sort of accept <laughs> that weed does what it does, and then you just have to be like, "Maybe I should stop smoking weed." Then, do you think that you definitely beat Christina? I think that. Uh, as with many weeks, the results have been tainted. I don't think Oh, my that... God. I can't deal with this QAnon podcast movie of the year bullshit. <laughs> I will... Last week, Kate got a point for not being able to finish her sentence. Because you interrupted her? No. She forgot what she was going to say, and you said, that's okay. I will give you a point. Cool. I... <laughs> He's still talking about it, too. He has not let it go yet. Because I no, yeah, know no. I have to do that again this week, and I will have Christina. to do it again next week, uh-huh. and the week Christina. after that, and uh-huh. then who knows. Christina. Uh-huh. And that is all the time we have. Uh, tune in next week to see if we continue the show and talk about more horror movies. Tune in next week to see if 
Uh, I can't find a different person other than Tompkins. Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, is there anywhere you want listeners to uh, find you? Like, do you have an address or a PO box? Um, no, I mean, I mean, I'd rather you, I'd rather you didn't uh, come to my house directly. But no, trick or treat every year or all days out of every head of you know whatever. Yeah, okay. Where? Okay, well, well, um, you could, you can, um, you can find me wherever books are sold. Just kidding. Do wanna, Don't put that in. Don't put that do you want? In. Do you um, want to like maybe offer your Twitter? That could be fun. Oh, um, yes. My my um my Instagram, Twitter, and Etsy are all the Great Crustini. C R O. The Great Crustini. Yes, Crustini, as in the um the bread snack. Yes. Of course. Everybody's favorite bread snack. Four. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thanks again, Christina. Thanks again, Tompkins. Uh, next week, you'll probably win, right? You will, within uh, one of the next few weeks, give me like a pity win and then hard cut oh, back man. to the usual. You know what a gaslighting manipulator I am. <laughs> you have me down. Uh, I think next week we're doing Fright Night, and that's going to pull, the, pull us out of this drudgery, I think. Uh, for Ryan, I am Christina. For Christina, I am Tompkins. For Tompkins, I am Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. Good night and have good horror Peace. dreams. <laughs> <laughs>